This is Transformation Ground Control. Your source for all things business, technology, strategy, and change. If you're growing your business, leading change within your organization, or undertaking any sort of operational or technology change initiative, this podcast is for you. This show covers what you need to know about digital transformation, organizational change, operational improvement, and business growth. Five, four, three, two, one. And now, here's your host, Eric Kimberling. Hello, welcome to Transformation Ground Control, episode number 41. I'm here with Kyler Cheatham. Kyler, thanks for being on the show again today. Yeah, thanks for having me. This is the podcast about all things digital transformation related to people, process, and technology. And as always, uh, Kyler and I are filming this episode from home, and we are both in situations today where it's highly likely that there'll be some background noise and, and disruptions between kids and dogs and construction, in my case, happening in my house. So we just thought rather than trying to reschedule and not do an episode this week in, in light of that, we thought, why not just keep it authentic and uh, have other people uh, that can empathize with the same exact situation you and I are going through here today. So I think we've all been in these situations many times over the last year and a half. So uh, to the audience, thanks for bearing with us. Um, we have new episodes of this show every Wednesday. You can find us on YouTube, LinkedIn, all the typical audio podcast platforms. So uh, be sure to check us out there. And today we have an exciting episode for you today. We're going to, first of all, uh, talk about in the spirit of Halloween having just happened at the time of this podcast uh, just a few days ago, uh, we're going to talk about some of the scary, some scary situations in digital transformations. And, and Kyler has some questions related to digital transformation failures, and she'll do sort of a lightning round discussion related to that. Uh, later in the show, uh, we have our first guest who I'm really excited to have on the show, and we actually... Um, alluded to this or gave you a sneak preview of this a few weeks ago and a few episodes ago. Uh, we did talk about open source technology uh, several episodes ago, and we talked about the company Odoo, which is an open source uh, technology uh, that provides ERP software for organizations. So we're actually going to have the CEO of Odoo on the show and a uh, very interesting discussion that we're going to have with him. Um, I'm excited because we've never had a vendor, a software vendor on the show before, and this will be the first time we're featuring a software vendor. We usually try to keep a sort of an arm's length distance. We don't want to we don't like to get too salesy. We don't like to get the sales spin. This is obviously a technology agnostic show, so we don't like to get too vendor one-sided. But um, knowing what I know about Odoo and, and the CEO of the company, uh, I thought he'd be a good one to, to try out. And uh, I think he's, he's he does a good job in general of, of staying uh, unbiased and providing us kind of an agnostic view of the open source world. So we'll have uh, Fabian from Odoo on here later in the show. And then finally, last but not least, the third segment of the show, we'll have, uh, we'll have Michelle from the Third Stage team uh, on the show who's going to talk about uh, evaluating and selecting software and some of the lessons learned that she's seen in some of our recent engagements. So we'll uh, talk about software evaluation, software selection, and just how to plan your enterprise transformation uh, later in the show. So before we get to the guests, though, let's talk about what you have in mind here uh, about uh, digital transformation failures, Kyler, and you and I both have younger kids who are very much into Halloween. Maybe one of the kids, you know, your kids is making a uh, audio appearance on on the show as we speak. Um, but what uh, what are some of the thoughts that? Uh, and I know they're all. They, I, I hope they had a great Halloween, and I know all of our kids are excited. We're excited for Halloween. So uh, tell us what you're thinking about uh, tr 
when it comes to Halloween and scariness, how does that relate to digital transformation? What do you have in mind? I am a mom of two under two, so I am personally very scared at this point that they are going to make a lot of noise. Um, so like we've talked about kind of our, our labor shortage, we're going through a childcare transition at the moment. So um, as a working mom, I'm excited to continue to talk to you and appreciate everyone's patience as my um, little tribe here it can be noisy. So. Eric, I wanted to talk about some scary stories of digital transformation and focusing on some high-profile failures. So, as you know, I always like to, you know, put you on the spot, lightning round quiz. So, I thought that I might give you some brief details of a failure, and you could potentially name the um, company in in uh, or guess, you know, what that might look like. Okay. Like, Name the company that failed in the in their implementation? Yeah, name the company that went through the failure. Okay, I, I'm ready. We'll see how well I remember this stuff. Yep. This high-profile failure actually lost a billion dollars, a billion with a B, in their implementation failure. Who is it? And sir, you mean they spent a billion dollars on their implementation or they... Yeah, they spent a billion dollars. So they invested a billion with a B dollars and their implementation failed. Was that, um, I feel like that, was that National Grid? Very close. Ah. I'll give you one more guess. It's not, I don't think it's, no, it's not Nike, I don't think. I know Nike spent a lot. National Grid spent a lot. Waste management spent a lot. Ooh, who, was, it wasn't waste management, was it? Yeah. Very, very good. So waste management went through an implementation failure that was very high profile um, as well and actually ended up investing a billion dollars and then had to spend more on top of that to be able to actually fix the botched implementation. So very good. So this tech giant spent $160 million on an ERP project that ultimately failed, um, and they actually lost five times more than that in revenue. Tech giants. Um, I'm so tempted right now. I have I have my web browser up right here. I'm just so tempted just to type in, like, pull up my blog here. So because if I know if I saw the list of options, I know I could get it. But I just uh, let's see. A tech giant. It's not Apple. It's not like Facebook. It's not. I'm I'm drawing a blank. I'll be honest. I, I have no idea. I'm I'm failing miserably. I fully acknowledge that. <laughs> um, Hewlett Packard. Oh yeah, yeah. That's yeah. right. I so, I would have never guessed that without a bunch of hints. So <laughs> I'll, I'll take I'll take the hit on that one. <laughs> so they kind of had a perfect storm type of scenario um, where they had huge turnover on their IT team. They had a series of very small problems, none of which individually should have been too much to handle, but altogether ultimately led to their large um, implementation failure. Got it. Okay. Okay. So this is actually a, a, this software vendor actually sued this specific company for 13 million saying that the failure was due to internal dysfunction. Oh, I think the problem is lately I've been reading about so many failures that I'm getting them all mixed up because actually I'm doing a video um, shoot next week related to more failures. So now I'm getting them all mixed up. Um, 
I, I don't know. I am, I'm drawing a blank on this one. The name includes the first president of the United States. Abraham Lincoln. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Washington, <laughs> no, oh, Washington community college. That's yeah, that's right. Okay. Absolutely. Thanks, yeah, thanks so, for that yeah. Kind of a reverse change management situation, right? So they, they actually were sued by their software vendor saying there's no way that we could have helped you. And that's why this failed. And we spent a bunch of time and money on that because of organizational dysfunction. So very interesting scenario there. So another sweet treat in um, 2018, a botched SAP implementation left it unavailable, completely unavailable, and caused sales to drop 25%. Uh, that was terrible. Yeah. yeah. There you go. See? Yeah. Uh, I, I'm Good right job. Okay. And this one is very interesting, too. Um, this company also was involved in a lawsuit with actually shown fake software and SAP completely misrepresented what they could offer this company, which led to the overall implementation failure. I feel like that was, it was, was that national grid? That sounds like a national grid issue. That was very good. See, you're, you're well on your way. You just needed a warm up. I know. I mean, I, I, it's weird cause I did really well in school. Like on test, I always did really well. And now I'm not like, this isn't normal for me. So I, I, I don't, I'm having trouble coping. So yeah, I need to pick up my momentum here. <laughs> so this specific implementation failure, once it was announced, caused this company's stock to drop by over 7%. That was Nike. It wasn't? That was not Nike? Don't worry. Oh, no. I, I swore that was Nike. Um, I don't know. I'm drawing a blank. Who is it? Or give me a hint. It involved um, a merger and acquisition that was happening during the same time. That's right. I might be wearing one of their products. Oh, oh. Uh, right now? Um, not L'Oreal? Revlon. No. Revlon thing, whatever. It's all the same. <laughs> Revlon, that's right. Well, I don't know that our, our, our makeup wearing listeners would agree, but we'll uh, take a quick break. And when we come back, we are excited to have Fabian from Odoo on the show. Uh, we'll take a quick break and you're listening to Transformation Ground Control. I'm all right today. You don't find if you are aiming for transformation success, turn a third stage consulting group. Third Stage's independent and technology agnostic consulting team helps clients define their digital strategies, define their roadmaps, and manage their transformations. With offices in the US, Europe, and Australia, our team helps the world's most forward-thinking organizations through their transformation pitfalls and risks. If you are embarking on a digital transformation or business change initiative, contact Third Stage Consulting to see how we can help you reach the third stage of transformation success. Learn more about us and download independent reports, videos, and other best practices at thirdstage-consulting.com. Hello, welcome back to Transformation Ground Control, episode number 41. I'm here with Kyler Cheatham, and thank you all for listening today. You can find new episodes every Wednesday on YouTube, LinkedIn, 
uh, Facebook, as well as all the usual audio podcast platforms like Spotify, Amazon, Google, Apple, etc. Uh, this show covers everything related to digital transformation, and uh, thank you again for listening. Now, we're excited to have our next guest on the show, who uh, is someone that we actually had a, a bit of a, what would you say it was, Kyler, like not a challenge, but we called him out in a previous episode, like you said, and said, because I knew he listened to the podcast, and so I, I mentioned his name, or we mentioned his name, and then he actually emailed me right after the episode and said, I heard, you know, yes, I'll be on your show, because I basically called him out to be on the show. So um, it was, it was kind of cool that uh, he was listening that closely to catch that. Um so anyway, so I figured why not take him up on that since he, you know, he accepted the challenge. Why not go forward with it? So uh, I'm excited to have um, Fabian on the show. And for those of you that don't know, um, Odoo is a open source technology. And quite frankly, I think there's a lot of companies out there that have never heard of Odoo, but it's uh, actually a pretty prominent system. It's, it's gaining a lot of traction in the marketplace and uh, I'm excited to talk to Fabian. So uh, Fabian, thanks for being here today. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So I guess to start, um, just to get the conversation started. So maybe tell us a little bit about yourself. I mean, one of the first comment I had when we got on the live stream today was that you look very young. And I know Odoo's been around for a while now. So I figured you must have been in high school or junior high or something when that when you when you started the company. But but maybe tell us a little bit about um, your background and how how and why you started Odoo. Yeah, I started very young. You're right. <laughs> So I started at the university and uh, I did a lot of things and this one worked better than the others. Um, so I basically all, always worked for my own company. Okay, great. And, and why, why, did you, um, why did you start Odoo? And then I'm going to ask you questions about what Odoo is, but what, what was it that inspired you to start the company? What, what problems um, were you trying to solve? Uh, I'm passionate about development and uh, management, and that was a way for me to bring my two patients uh, together. Uh, but mostly what I noticed in that uh, SMEs at the time, and it's still the case today, are totally uh, inefficient. You have a lot of people spending time on, on administrative tasks, recording data, doing spreadsheet to compute reports, and people are totally inefficient and they really suffer from that. Uh, I mean, depression at work has never been so high. The, you can see a lot of complaints about the traditional ERPs. So I wanted to fix that. And I always wanted to fix like a big problem, like the kind of problems where you need decades to fix. And so Odoo was the perfect uh, things to do for me there. Gotcha. Okay, great. I well, that... you. Maybe you should uh, reconnect me. Oh, sure. One second here. All right, do you okay. hear me okay? I still... I don't hear nor see you. That's okay, strange. what I'll do... That is strange. Hello, hello. So, um, I guess just to start, I mean, we lost it. Okay, so maybe if you can type the question and I will answer. <laughs> sure. Yeah, how about now? Do you hear me now? Test, test. Let me switch to another yeah. network, maybe. Okay. Well, we're going to uh, improvise here. I'm going to type the questions to um, to Fabian, and I'll obviously verbalize them to the audience here. Um, mm. So the, the first uh, question is... is uh, I believe we have issues with the internet of Eric or me. I don't know. So I, I guess to start, I'll, I'll uh, type him the question here. What what exactly is open source uh, software? Mm. We'll start there. 
Okay, so Eric is asking me a question. I hope uh, people hear me, but uh, his question is, what is uh, open source software? And basically open source means that it's a software that you can download, that you can modify, that you can change uh, for free. And it's guaranteed that it's free uh, from the license. Um, so basically it's come from the idea that knowledge, knowledge should be shared, that we shouldn't uh, create a lock, lock or uh, lock in or customers or uh, on the software. So it's basically free and guaranteed by the license, free to use, free to modify, free to distribute. And, uh, but uh, having said that it's, you don't, the, the service is not free. Some from, from the rest, uh, the, the service is like traditional software. Uh, so what differs from the traditional ERP is actually not that much. It's just uh, another license. Um, and for the rest of the service, so like the way you implement software or the way uh, the software evolves from the software vendor perspective, the research and development is actually the same. The only difference is that we work with communities all around the world, but we, we have the same quality uh, development cycle than traditional vendors where we host our own core base and we, we modify it. Okay, that's great. Yeah, so it's it's a bit different from from ERP solutions in that way. But so I, I still don't see you, Eric. Okay, so he's asking ask questions. How is open source different from low code or custom dev solutions? So basically, um, um, open source is just a way to produce software. It's not a business model. It's not the business model is the same than traditional software. It's just a way to work better with the communities and open to the world with a more open approach to everything we do and more transparent. The low-code approach is just having a framework that allows to uh, customize the system without development. Uh, and we have that with Odoo too. We have an application that it's called uh, Odoo Studio that allows you to customize um, all your application without development. So we do both open source and we do also have a low-code solution where you can customize your own application or develop your own application without development. That's very useful to adapt the software to a lot of different clients without going uh, in very cost, uh, highly expensive uh, budget because development always costs uh, a lot. Perfect. No, that sounds good. And so, so it's it's almost sort of a, a hybrid in between uh, commercial. So when you are doing three, well. okay, good. So it looks like you're still here and see me. Uh, yeah. Maybe. And for those of you just joining, we, we lost you have other question. Maybe what I should say is that um, Odoo is not fully open source. It's what we call an open core business model, where you have a part of the software that is free open source, uh, which is Odoo Community. It's one of our products. And we have another product, which is Odoo Enterprise, which is for a fee. And so 80% only of the features we have are open source. Um, we still have 20% of our features that are for a fee. So it's a mixed model between proprietary software and open source software. Got it. Okay. Perfect. Um, okay, so that's a good overview of how open source systems like Odoo are different from off-the-shelf ERP systems, and also how it's different from low-code or custom development solutions. How how does an organization know if uh, if an open source solution like Odoo is a good fit? What what kind of organizations do you find that Odoo is a better fit for than others? I think organizations don't care about open source and shouldn't care about open source. I mean, open source is just a license. You don't choose your uh, ERP or business apps based on the license. 
Um, the license is important, but it's not what matters. What matters is that does it does the job for you? The, the, is it complete? Does it covers all you need out of the box? So it's more about comparing product. Open source, in my opinion, is not a value for the end user. It's just a better way to produce software. The value for the end user is comparable with traditional ERP. Uh, and because we have this fast uh, development model, we could get to a better value for our clients. But uh, ultimately, what matters for the end user is not that it's open source, because at the end, it does like every other property software. He pays a subscription. He has an implementation service company that does the service. He has warranties on his bug fix and his support. So at the end, it's the same. It's just that we have a better way to produce software in a much faster way because, as you can see with the evolution of Odoo, in just a few years, we, we are now talking in millions of users. Uh, where, where When I started, the VCs told me you need 30 days to do an ERP, 30 years, sorry, to do an ERP. And we just did it in a short period of time because of this open and transparent approach. Right. That's interesting. So what is it, um, how often do, do customers make significant changes to do you know in that open source environment one of the benefits i would think is that you could it has the flexibility to be able to modify the software change the code how, how often do customers actually do that versus just using it the way the way it's originally built so our approach is very similar to the traditional software where we try to minimize development um it's uh, uh every partner has its own approach so every implementation service company has its own approach some prefer to develop more others prefer to develop less we, as a software vendor, we recommend uh, usually uh, more standard implementation based on best practices rather than trying to redo everything. The good thing with Odoo is that we cover so much in standard that we go much further than the traditional ERP just out of the box. So we need less development than traditional software. Like traditional software, they don't do e-commerce or they don't do business intelligence or they do with different products that you have to integrate, so it costs a lot. They don't do point of sales. They don't go on social marketing. And with Odoo, all those things are completely out of the box. So when we usually answer to a large client, they have a list of requirements. The others, like SCP and Dynamics, most of the time, they answer with six or seven different software. And they have to integrate things. And, and, and so it gets very complex, and it costs a lot. With Odoo, it's different because we cover so much in standard, because we have 30,000 hats from the community app store, the largest app store in the world. We can deliver all these things in a single platform. So not only the customer has a better solution because everything is integrated, including its point of sale, its e-commerce, business intelligence, and so on. But also, it's much easier to implement because an integration costs a lot. Right. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Fabian. I have a lot more questions for you, but let's take a quick break, and we'll pick up the conversation when we return with more transformation and control. If you are involved in any sort of digital transformation or business change initiative, you will want to download the 2021 Digital Transformation Report. With its comprehensive overview of business and technology trends and best practices, this report is a must-have guide for any transformation project or executive team. Download this free report by visiting Third Stage Consulting at thirdstage-consulting.com. You can also visit our website to learn more about us or download independent reports, videos, and other best practices. Again, visit thirdstage-consulting.com today to learn how to take your transformation to the third stage of success. Hello and welcome back to Transformation Ground Control, episode number 41. I'm here interviewing Fabian, the CEO of Odoo. Let's jump right back into the conversation. 
so in this case, then when, when you have customers that implement Odoo, they don't necessarily need to have a super deep technical competency in-house to be able to support a product like this. I mean, they could still use it sort of similar to how they would use an off-the-shelf system. Is that correct? Yeah, and it's yeah, yeah, you're right. And it's actually what we want to do. We want to commoditize the ERP market. When I started, ERP costed a lot of money, even for small companies, you had to 50,000 euro, 100,000 euro, even for the small companies. What we want to do is to make it affordable for everyone. Um, and so for that, we need things to work out of the box and to cover all the things that the majority of the customer need. But on top of having all the, the features available out of the box, we also have uh, like a large app store, so we can use apps from the community. And also Odoo Studio that allows you to customize with a few drag and drops so that you can do customization without going to, uh, on the development side. And of course, obviously, if you need even more for the very large, when we when you start to get with 1,000, 2,000 users, you always have developments. And that there you can develop. And the good thing with open source is that we are based on uh, modern technologies. I mean, it's Python, PostgreSQL, so developments are much easier than traditional software. Right. Now, how has how has open source or Odoo in particular? How has Odoo evolved over the years? I mean, what are some of the major advancements you've seen in open source in general, but more specifically to Odoo? You know, since you started the company 15 years ago, what are some of the major, the biggest leaps or improvements you've seen in the yeah? Every year, the the product is very very different. If you have followed Odoo from version 10, 11, it's the the the, the, the gaps are are really big. Um, look at the traditional ERPs from year to year, they all always look the same, <laughs> sometimes with a different design, but you still have these complex bloated things uh, where Odoo is different. Uh, the way I see the thing is that um, a few years ago, 10 years ago, the complexity was to have uh, to manage the business process and uh, to have your accounting data consolidated from all the departments. That was what all the traditional ERPs tried to do. And, and they did it, and it works well. Uh, they support most of the core business process. Uh, but the thing is, now we have to go much further. And what we do at Odoo is not only support the business process, of course, uh, is to really have a productivity tools for every employee. Mm -hmm. We want the worker in the shop floor to be more efficient, the accountant to do more less uh, manual uh, recording, or the cashier in, in the, for retailers that uh, have better tools. And that's where I believe we, we went uh, much faster than all the others because nobody's there yet. They are all very painful to use, um, whereas Odoo is extremely simple and, and, and fast um, because we, we, we focused on that since now five or seven years while the other were still trying to go on the cloud. <laughs> yeah, that is a big liability of, of some of those uh, legacy ERP vendors for sure. Yeah. Um, what are, what are some of the benefits of open source in general? You know, when you talk about open, and I think you've alluded to this in some of your. Yeah, there, there is still a benefit. Uh, so, what I said, it's not very different from traditional software as a customer point of view. As a development point of view, it's very different because we have uh, uh, close to one hundred thousand people who lives on the do their full time job. So we get feedback from all around the world, contributions, and so on. So, as a development point of view, it allows the product to grow faster. Uh, but this, there is still an, a very big advantage for the customer is that there is no lock-in. One of the main issues that customers have with traditional ERP is the big lock-in. You never know what will, what's going to be the price. The price might increase year after year. Uh, it's not easy to switch technology. It's not easy to find consultant that knows the technology. The thing with open source is that it's, it's teached in a lot of universities. So you have 
resources all around the world. It's open, so students can learn or people can learn even without having to be partner with a large name. Um, and also because with Adoo specifically, when you have 80% open source and 20% for a fee, the customer has access to the source code. So we don't lock in for every, every time he needs something. Uh, if, for instance, we are too expensive, he can just ask someone else. Um, and so that creates a pressure on the price. And as a result, the price of the subscription is much lower because we cannot afford to charge the same price than the others do. Mm -hmm. uh, because our biggest competitor is our open source product. Right. And, and who is your, your biggest competitor? It's, uh, it's other community. So we have Odoo Enterprise that we sell, and Odoo Community is an open source product. It's our biggest community. If we lose a deal, it's, they go for the free version. Um, maybe I should. It's not the ah. So when that's for for the pressure on the price on the market, I don't consider that we have a competitor. So obviously there are plenty of players on this market. There are hundreds of ERPs and business apps and so on. Uh, but uh, despite the fact that SAP or Microsoft spend billions of dollars to reach the SMEs market, they all failed. I mean, for the small companies, the equipment rate is barely nothing. For the mid-sized companies, it's 18% equipment rate, despite the fact that everyone tries. So basically, nobody succeeded, including us. Huh? We didn't <laughs> succeed neither. We do less than 1% of the market. So. Um, so the way I see the thing is that we are not fighting against competitors because nobody succeeded to make something affordable and real productivity tools for the employees. We are trying to do something that nobody did before. We are trying to make uh, management software accessible, affordable, and real productivity tools where the users save time instead of losing time recording data in a system. And that's something that nobody succeeded to do. So for me, it's not about the technical fighting about a, a competitor. It's more a technical challenge that we have to crack. Right. Interesting. Okay. And that, that's super interesting. So. Um... What sort of, uh, so you mentioned that open source is, uh, you know, do in particular is, um, it, you don't notice it any different it, from an end user perspective. You don't know, you don't necessarily know or need to know that it's open source versus a off the shelf ERP system. But from a technical perspective, um, if, if you do want to make changes to the software, if you do want to add apps or do some integration to other third party apps or whatever the case may be, what kind of technical competencies do you need that's different from if you were using an off-the-shelf system? Yeah, the main difference is that all the dependencies and the components we use are open source and well-known. So you are not locked in a very uh, proprietary database that costs a lot or different software. Everything is free and accessible. So for the, for, the, for the customer or the partners, if they want to develop their own things, they use common technologies, JavaScript, HTML, and not very specific language <laughs> like ABAB. Um, uh, so because we rely on standard and very common best practice, it's easier for the developers. It's also because we, it allows us to create the software faster or technologies are a bit more modern than the traditional player. Most of the players have very old technology when you have to customize uh, the software where we rely on Python and JavaScript, which, which are the two most used language in the world right now. Right. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. And by the way, if, um, I, I know I've got a lot of questions for you and I'll keep going with those questions, but anyone in the audience, if you have questions on the, on the live chat, please feel free to chime in. I'd love to hear what questions you have about open source, about Odoo, uh, digital transformation in, in general. Um, so what do you see as the, you, we've talked quite a bit about the, the benefits of open source, how it's different, how it's similar to uh, call it traditional ERP systems. 
but what are the risks of open source? When you, when you, in other words, when you, do you ever have customers where you feel like this particular situation, our product is not a good fit, or there's a certain well, amount of because of that? The, the risks are the same than pro property software. I mean, uh, it's all about doing the implementation uh, project correctly, which is having right project managers, uh, ch uh, dealing with the change management, avoiding to go too much in the custom development. So it's basically the same kind of risk that what you will get in a property software open source. So that doesn't change a lot. Um, for, for that part of the business, delivering the service or, or selling the software, the approach is really the same than traditional software. Right. Okay. Good deal. Um, and then, so I guess just shifting gears a little bit and talking about a uh, little bit more about Odoo in particular, um, I know you had a, a major new release just this month. And in fact, we, when we were scheduling this, uh, this, uh, this interview, we, we were sort of scheduling it around your, your release of that product. What, what are some of the enhancements some of the major enhancements that you guys have made in this new release that you're, that just came out this month? Yeah, it's, we, we, we don't develop new applications between, because we already cover pretty much everything. So it's more about improving the quality and the efficiency in every application. And so, for instance, now you have a voice conference, voice calls, like you, you could have in Discord, but directly in the software. So let's say you are in a product and we, we are in, you are in the uh, PLM, um, Product Lifecycle Management, you change your bill of material, you can chat. Uh, with someone from the engineering right in the in the formula of your bill of materials and all the things are mapped together um, it's fully collaborative when you write a specification or terms and condition on a sale order you see the different people writing with you so we did a lot of things uh, following the pandemic to be sure that everyone can work remotely and that we support See, I appear to have lost you, Fabian. Yep, right. We we lost him temporarily, but it looks like we might have him back here. You, yeah. You back there? You are. See, so hear you hear me? See me? Okay. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. Perfect. All right. So I'll let you continue with uh, the, the enhancements you were you were talking about. Yeah. So we we adapted the software to the pandemic situation where you can uh, manage people that are remote. So you have a voice conference, video conference. Uh, live collaboration, so every document people can write at the same time on the same document, like specifications on the task or terms and conditional quotation. You can have different people writing the same quotes at the same time, and you see the cursor of the others. Um, and we continued all uh, improvement through the different apps, whether it's accounting, uh, inventory, warehouse management, and so on. Uh, there are like 5,000 improvements in the release, so it's very hard to say right. <laughs> what's new. Some more incremental. So you have all the major functionalities that an organization would need, um, but these are more incremental improvements you're making each each year. Yeah, we already cover pretty much everything. We have App Store thirty thousand apps. It's the largest enterprise app store in the world, so the, the coverage is super large. We already go much further than traditional ERPs because, as I said, we are in point of sale, PLM, quality maintenance. If you are in the industry, we are in the retail with the point of sale in e-commerce, social marketing, all those, all those areas where traditionally ERP doesn't go. So the scope is already uh, amazing. What we want to do now is to improve uh, every user. We want to be faster to record timesheet, faster for an accountant to have a better artificial intelligence that process their bills automatically. So it's more about uh, productivity on every single details. 
for instance, one of the main improvements I like in the in the new version is that we saved 30 to 50 milliseconds at every click. It's faster. It doesn't seem a lot, but when everything is snappy as fast in Gmail, Gmail or Facebook, the user really feel more productive. Right, right. That's interesting. Um, where, where? So one thing that um, I've noticed about Odoo is it, it seems like in in Europe, where you're based, I know you're based in Belgium, and uh, a lot of your team is in Belgium. And in Europe, our European clients seem to be more familiar with with Odoo, but it's 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 a name that's sort of that's spreading throughout the world. Where, what geographies are you seeing the most growth right now, just in terms of, of your product? Uh, the main one and the largest uh, revenues we have is in the United States of America. So um, we have 500 employees there, and it's the fastest growing and revenue we have today. But uh, at Odoo, we have uh, partners in 140 countries, so it's pretty large. And uh, we ourselves have offices in Buffalo, um, San Francisco, New York, Dubai. Hong Kong, China, so it's pr pretty much gl global. Fifty percent of the resources are in Belgium. Okay, good. So it's it's more. Uh, it sounds like it's more. You guys are more global and have more of a global presence. Than yeah, you because it's we we everything started and and it's still online. Um, so we we started to answer the leads where they come from, and because we were very much active online, um, it's very spread on a lot of different countries. Got it. Okay. And that um, makes one of the strengths of Odoo, by the way, because uh, we, for instance, we integrate with 35,000 banks. We support accounting localization of more than 100 country, countries. So we are more global than any other players because, because of that. Being right. Belgium is very bad, I mean, to start a business because the market is super small. It's very hard. You have to, to speak three languages just for 10 millions of people. But it forces you to be global by default, to be multi-language, support multiple localization if you want to do something. Right. Yeah. And, and one thing that's that's interesting about um, your, your global reach is that, you know, you, being an independent and technology agnostic consulting firm, we, we have the luxury of being able to kind of view all the different systems and the different players in the marketplace. And I, and I would say, you know, if I had to speculate just in my qualitative observational opinion, um, the I think Odoo has has probably the most um, the most committed and passionate ecosystem I've seen. I don't know of any other, I mean, every software vendor has their, um, you know, the people that are very much, they're, they're pro, you know, they support that product. They, they want to focus on the uh, positives and, and, and sometimes ignore the negatives of, of the products. But with Odoo, it's, it's totally different. It's, it's on a whole nother level in terms yeah, but of- Do you know why it is that? No, that's what I was going to ask you is why, why is that? <laughs> um, because our users love the system. And it's not the case with the others. Uh, if you do survey with traditional uh, ERP, the user usually don't like their system. They feel that it's recording data. They, 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 they are wasting time on the system. There are a lot of things that they still do in spreadsheet. With other, it's totally different. We totally empower the users. So all users, they, they love. And because of that, we have a lot of fans on Odoo. Uh, all these users that really love what they, because it, it's been a game changer for the company. So for them, it was life and death. Uh, sometimes uh, and because of that um, they become very uh, passionate about the software and they follow us and help us uh, a lot we don't do that much of marketing but we do one thing more better than the others is word of mouth mm. we really have a community that supports us because uh, they really really like the product that's interesting all right thank you fabian i have a lot more questions for you but let's take a quick break and we'll pick up the conversation when we return with more transformation mm -hmm. 
you are aiming for transformation success, turn to Third Stage Consulting Group. Third Stage's independent and technology agnostic consulting team helps clients define their digital strategies, define their roadmaps, and manage their transformations. With offices in the US, Europe, and Australia, our team helps the world's most forward-thinking organizations through their transformation pitfalls and risks. If you are embarking on a digital transformation or business change initiative, contact Third Stage Consulting to see how we can help you reach the third stage of transformation success. Learn more about us and download independent reports, videos and other best practices at thirdstageconsulting.com. Hello and welcome back to Transformation Ground Control, episode number 41. I'm here interviewing Fabian, the CEO of Odoo. Let's jump right back into the conversation. I get that positive uh, feedback from customers and, and clients that are using the product, but also from the consultants and, and people that are part of the ecosystem. I mean, why is why are they so passionate? Because just to back up for a second, uh, whenever I say anything negative about any product out there, NetSuite or Oracle, SAP, whatever it is, I'll always get some people to push back in the ecosystem and say, oh, that's not true. Or, you know, you, you, that we're better than you're saying we are. But when I say anything remotely negative about Odoo, it's just a different response. Like it's it's very strong, not just from users, but also people within the ecosystem. So what is it you guys have done to build this global, committed, passionate ecosystem in addition to your to your customers? Yeah, we are good at working with the communities. I mean, a lot of software vendors, they don't hear the, the customers. And so we are good at working with them. We work on GitHub online. It's transparent. Um, we have uh, communities of translator, communities of developer, communities of accountants all around the world. So we are good at organizing and working with communities. But I really believe that uh, the only way to transform users into fans is, is for them to be very, very happy. And that's what we focus on. We, we focus so that the user are extremely happy and that when they start using Odoo, it's a game changer for the company. And I believe that's where the difference is with traditional software. With traditional software, they deploy process. And so the, the, the company runs better because of the software. But the user doesn't have a better efficiency because of the software. For us, it's different. All the users are super happy because we really improve their efficiency. Right, right. Good. Um, yeah, that's that's interesting. So. What about um, who are your? So you mentioned that your your biggest competitor is is the free version uh, of of the open source system. But what what major um, well known off the shelf ERP vendors are, are your biggest competitors, or do you you feel that are you're most likely to be competing with? Uh, I, I I still I really think that we we uh, it depends on the market. On the small and the mid size, I really think that uh, the other competitors they, they they just failed. And so what we have to do is to succeed where other, everyone else fails. So it's more a technical challenge. On the large companies, when we start above 500 users, we often see SCP. And when we work against SCP, usually the, the main issue we have is in the RFI. So you know you have different steps. It starts with the RFI, then they do a shortlist, and then an RFP pricing, and then they select someone. We usually lose at the RFI because we are the new entrant on the market. We, people are afraid of working with Odoo at the beginning. I mean, it's open source. They didn't hear about it. Um, and so usually we, we are not the favorite one before they saw the product. And then when they select a shortlist and they select three, if we succeed to get to that level, 
uh, when they see what we can do when we do demos of the product, everything changed. So for yeah. us, it's not about competing against them. It's just about our issues to make the world know that we exist. Because when people start looking at to do, uh, our winning rates are increasing like crazy. Yeah, yeah, we've seen the same thing with our with our clients. If it if if customers and potential customers can get past the fact that some of them haven't heard of Odoo or they have some perceived um, misunderstanding or negative view of open source, then if you get past that, then it seems like the, the win rate is very high for yeah. for Odoo. And even for the pricing, sometimes it's an issue because we are way too low. Sometimes we lose deal because they think it's, it couldn't be true that it's so low and they expect the quality to be low because the price is low. It's just all strategy to make ERPs affordable to everyone. But uh, uh, our pricing per user is eight in, in the United States is $25 per user per month. Uh, the public price, huh? uh, we also have discount for partner, but we start at that price. And in Europe, it's 18 euro per user per month. In Africa, Asia, it's eight, six dollars per user per month. So when we show that kind of price to our uh, to our, to our uh, large players, they are like, "Wow, that couldn't be true." And sometimes we lose deal about that, but we want to stick to the price because we really want to transform the market. Right. Well, I think it's a good model because uh, you know one problem I see in the the cloud subscription world is that there are so many escalators and things that will increase your cost over time uh, with mm -hmm. cloud solutions in general. So I think having that lower price point, it may be shocking to some, it may not be believable upfront, but I think longer term, that's going to be a, a strength of, of yeah. low price and transparent price, no hidden cost, no bad surprise. Or for us, for instance, we all our price are in one page, you go on do.com slash pricing, and you have the price of everything, the service, the extra. So there is never any bad surprise. Right. So um, what about um, when you look at specific systems in the market, like I know you mentioned SAP is, is one that you compete with often for, for the larger organizations. Um, you, and you were talking about how when, if you get to the short list in, or, or to the demo process where people see Odoo and then they see SAP, you, you have a high win rate. Um, what is it? Why is that? I mean, why, why do you beat SAP in that example? If we focus on SAP, why does Odoo win out over SAP? Uh -huh. I can tell you a story when we, we are working with EY. And EY brings us a lot of large customer um, and we do the implementation. And when we started working with them, they they, they give they ask us to do demo for them. So they were like, we have this big customer, very specific requirement. Can you do a demo? And so we assigned the salesperson that went and go for the demo. And we did that a few times. And uh, one time they, they asked us to do the same, but the demo for, was for the next day. And we had to do the demo for the next day. And we did the demo like we used to do, usual, with lim limited preparation, just set up the data and do. And we did the same quality of demo. And what EY told us is that, wow, we thought that you were preparing demo for two months every time we were bringing a lead to you because it's what's so good and so perfect, perfectly meets the specification of the customer. And now we see that you see you do the same thing in one day. And actually, every time they, they bring us a customer, we, um, we spend less than one day to prepare the demo. It's just that the product is good and we could cover the need very easily. Yeah, and you don't have to worry about creating uh, smoke and mirrors. You know, a lot of vendors have to create. Yeah, if you have complex flow, whatever the flow, the others have to use different products, integration, uh, do some customizations just to reach uh, the very specifics of the customer. And usually for do you don't need that. Sometimes you have to use community modules, sometimes a little bit of studio to customize, but you can pretty much all the time do 90% of the needs of the customer right away. 
You so, should try, huh? You go on the website of Odoo.com and you click on schedule a meeting with the sales. You can write your business flow. I want to see that. That ask them something very complex, like consolidation, multi-countries, multi-rows. And you will see that for in 24 hours, you will have a perfect demo according to your need. Wow, that's that's interesting. I did not know that. So that's, that's yeah, you can try on the website. You basically it's usually in 24 hours or 48 hours. You can even pick the, the hours when you want to demo yourself. And is it Odoo uh, direct resources that are typically doing those demos? Yeah, for or? that. And usually that's for the first qualification of the customer. So we show them the product because that's one of the first thing we do as opposed to the rest of the market. We show them the product at the first call with the customer. And after that, depending on the need, like if the, if it's a larger customer, we usually work with a partner. Okay. So so we talked about SAP. Now, if we go back, let's go to the lower end of the market, sort of the, the small and mid market. Um, first of all, for a smaller client, let's just say it's a customer with less than 100 users, let's just say is a rough number. Um, what type of technology are those organizations typically moving from when they buy Odoo or when they adopt Odoo? Most of the time, they have a mix of different software. They could have Magento for the e-commerce, WinBooks for the accounting, uh, spreadsheet for the inventory. So they have like a mix uh, IT stack of seven, eight different software that more or less integrate to each other, but not very well. And some do, others don't. And so they want to rationalize their stack and, uh, and change everything. And usually we start one by one. Uh, we replace software one by one. So um, for the small client, we deploy one new application every two weeks. So that's the average we do. So um, for an application for us, is if you buy sale, purchase, uh, accounting, inventory, manufacturing, that's five applications. So the timing is 10 weeks. OK. So are you? do you oftentimes replace like QuickBooks uh, for the smaller side of the market? Is that? Or is that yeah, pretty much all the time we we deploy an uh, American customer, we replace QuickBooks. QuickBooks is very famous on the small uh, companies in the US. Sure. Yeah. Okay. What about um, Oracle NetSuite? Is that one that you compete with often in the mid, in the small and mid market? Um, in in, the, in Europe, it's more it's more a failure than a success. So we, there is barely no NetSuite in Europe. They, they have some, but. I don't even remember having lost one time in the NetSuite. In like US, it's a little bit more. Actually, it's fun because we like when NetSuite is in the loop. We really like. Um, because we know that when a prospect comes and NetSuite in the, is in the loop, the prospect knows the value of the things because they're ready to pay like seven or eight times more than what we used to charge. So we know that the sale will be super easy for us when the customer asks NetSuite uh, um, for the... For the yeah. So for us, it's quite a good thing to 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 meet NetSuite. Well, it seems like such a different product too. I mean, it's a SaaS, a much less flexible SaaS product that doesn't. Where you're focused, Odoo is strength is its flexibility. NetSuite, yeah, flexible. That's why we we do the demo for us because when you hear the sales pitch, everything every ERP seems the same and they are all great. And but when you look at the product, that's very different. When you see how fast you can do things deploy barcode in your inventory uh, or very advanced things in accounting that that's when the customer understand that th this is nothing comparable right right okay what about um salesforce on the crm side i'm just going to go through a few products and just see how you think it compares when you look at salesforce crm or, or financial force on the um, financial side for us, salesforce it's, it's it's more difficult than netsuite when we face them uh, mostly because they are very strong in marketing I mean, 
customer there are some customers they want to buy Salesforce, even though they, they don't know everything about Salesforce. They just have Salesforce in mind. And so it's very hard because you have to find a fight against that. In terms of products, uh, they used to be leader in, uh, in sales and CRM uh, a few years ago. It's not the case anymore. I believe Odoo or software like Pipedrive are way more sexier and more efficient uh, than Salesforce is. At least for the small and mid-sized organizations. Right. Okay. And then, uh, you know, looking at, uh, you know, sort of a mid-market manufacturing company that might be considering, <coughs> say, um, Epicor, Infor, IFS, you know, one of those mid-tier manufacturing focus solutions. How do, how do you how do you compare? Or what are your strengths or weaknesses? Um, on manufacturing, the, the key for us is that we do everything out of the box. Like, you have the PLM, the quality, the maintenance, the IoT box, so that you can connect the machine directly with the software and the people. And uh, in order to deploy that with the traditional software, it costs a massive amount of money. Mm -hmm. um, and for us, all those applications are standard. You can connect your CAD, you, and all those things works uh, pretty much out of the box. So um, the way we present to the manufacturing industry is just to show them the modern way of working with tablet in the shop floors, uh, with everything integrated from the quality to the maintenance to the PLM. And that's something that the others cannot do unless they spend a few weeks preparing for the demo. Right, right. Now, is there anything, any sort of manufacturer, uh, let's just say a complex make-to-order manufacturer or some other outlying type of manufacturing organization that would not be a good fit for Odoo or where you feel like there's there's weaknesses in the no, product? No, Odoo both continuous manufacturing uh, and... Um, uh, or uh, assembly lines or biomedical. So we are active in a lot of manufacturing, different manufacturing businesses. Um, yeah. If you are, if you are asking the, the only thing that Odoo doesn't really do, uh, is the payroll in human resources. That's the only application where I think we are late, uh, and we don't do a lot of countries on the payroll, uh, payrolls. Yeah. yeah. We are good in HR, but payroll, we don't do it in, in out of the box. What about in manufacturing like that configure price quote process? Is that something that uh, is is common or that, that Odoo can support? No, that's standard. Huh? Very advanced. Uh, we have a very advanced product configurators with multi-level variants uh, uh, that impacts directly the bill of material. So you could have a customizable bill of materials where you reuse parts. We even do things that where everyone suffers usually, like engineering to order. It's very hard because you have a mix of engineering and you have, the, you have to get the cost from the engineering department, which is time spent usually in a single project where you have purchase and manufacturing. Pretty much every uh, software I know suffers in that kind of flow. They also suffer in subcontracting. And those are the flows that are quite easy to set up with, uh, with Odoo. So I believe the more complex the, the business process of the, of the company is, the more chance you ha we have to, to, to win the deal. All right, thank you, Fabian. I have a lot more questions for you, but let's take a quick break and we'll pick up the conversation when we return with more transformation and control. If you are aiming for transformation success, turn to Third Stage Consulting Group. Third Stage's independent and technology agnostic consulting team helps clients define their digital strategies, define their roadmaps, and manage their transformations. With offices in the US, Europe, and Australia, our team helps the world's most forward-thinking organizations through their transformation pitfalls and risks. If you are embarking on a digital transformation or business change initiative, 
Contact Third Stage Consulting to see how we can help you reach the third stage of transformation success. Learn more about us and download independent reports, videos, and other best practices at thirdstage-consulting.com. Hello and welcome back to Transformation Ground Control, episode number 41. I'm here interviewing Fabian, the CEO of Odoo. Let's jump right back into the conversation. Now, now, what about, um, just, I'm just sort of working through some of the, the well-known uh, ERP systems in the market, just seeing how Odoo compares. What about um, Oracle, um, Oracle Cloud, ERP, Oracle, you know, in their Oracle Cloud suite of products? How, how do you... Um, how does Odoo compare? Uh, I have no, I, not enough experience to compare uh, with them. I know a lot NetSuite, but not uh, the their other offers. Okay. Well, NetSuite, I really know it because I worked on it, I tried it and, uh, a lot, and I, I've migrated a lot of customers from NetSuite to Odoo, but the others offer, I, I don't know. From okay. Account. How about Microsoft Dynamics 365? How do you, how do you use? Uh... Oh, yeah, that's... Uh, you know how I sell uh, when I, when we, we are facing uh, Dynamics as a competitor? What I usually do is to give them the free trial of uh, Microsoft Dynamics and the free trial of Odoo. And I tell them, you have to test yourself. Because on the paper, everyone seems great. And you probably think that Microsoft is great because Teams and Microsoft Office are great. But you have to try the ERP before giving that to your users. And so one of the first things I do when I know that Microsoft Dynamics is in the loop, I send them the free trial to Microsoft Dynamics. Only a, a few people know that they have that. You have to look on Google because it's not on the main page of Microsoft Dynamics. And I send the link to both free trial, Odoo and Microsoft Dynamics or customer or prospect, and I tell them, test that. And then you will see by, your, by yourself. Right. Got it. OK. Um, so what, what, do you, what do you see as the, you know, and I, I didn't tell you I was going to ask you this question, so I apologize for going off script. but. Where, where do you see the uh, ERP enterprise software industry headed in general? You know, what are some of the major trends you see or things you're watching on the horizon? Yeah. In order to predict the future, you have to understand the past. So let's look at the past first of what happened in the, uh, let's say, the operating system. It started with Unix, Minix, Dr. DOS, MS-DOS, uh, BOS, and so on. And fast forward today, there is only Linux and Microsoft uh, Windows and uh, iOS. And then came the word processor. You had Lotus 1, 2, 3, it works, or perfect. Fast forward today, only three are remaining. I believe management software are higher up in the stack. They are way more complex because not only you have the technical complexity, uh, but you also have the business complexity. Mm. And because of that, we are at the same level that operating system or word processor were 15 years ago. We are still in an environment where we have pretty much a lot of players. These players are not mature. It's painful to use their software. Um, and they are consolidating and buying each other's. Uh, everyone is trying to buy his competitor right now. Uh, and we are still at this, phase, at this phase. And I believe that in, in the future, I don't know if it's 5, 10, or 15 years, it's going to be the same. Only three will remain. Uh, and it's, it's going to be a community market. You will use management software like you, you use Word or Excel today. Mm. Um, and so my goal for the future is just to survive, <laughs> to be in this tree. So what do you... Do you envision uh, Odoo potentially selling to a larger vendor at some point in the future? Or do you envision a, a future where you remain independent and you become a potential contender for that standard? Yeah. Odoo is, is not for sale. And I can guarantee that myself because I own the majority of the shares. 
um, we already and so basically yeah we want to continue focus on the long term so we, we will never do an IPO we don't plan to be listed uh, we want to stay independent to stay open source um, we, we don't work for the money we just uh, have fun transforming the world and uh, we want we wouldn't trade that uh, having a massive impact on millions of companies for for a big bunch of money so no that they, they will know there will be no sale and we don't acquire neither it's it's the way we work we build rather than buying uh, and we want to keep our own company culture so we don't we are not looking to acquire company neither right what about um Let's talk about technological trends like, um, you know, AI, robotic, uh, process automation, things like that. What, what do you see as the big technical trends or, or things that you think could be game changers for Odoo and for other systems in the market? Um, it, it's the future, but it's not the future the way people think it is, I believe. It's not as important as what everyone says that AI is the thing. Uh, I mean, for, for the mid-sized companies or the small companies, they, barely, they will barely use AI. So, of course, you have AR here and there. Like uh, in the do, we have uh, AI to process your bills automatically. So you scan or you get the, get the PDF and we record the data for you. So all those things are important. But compared to the rest of the software, it's small details. Uh, I believe the, the real revolution in the ERP industry will be to have a software that makes the user more efficient not a software that they hate using or really a software. Like, you know, a lot of my time is to sit next to the user and check how they work. That's what I do a lot. I'm more product owner than a CEO sometimes. Um, and I'm always surprised that any job position, they, they spend more than 30% of the time on tasks that you could avoid. Like uh, so a buyers in a company, the buyers, you know, that they spend more than 30% of their time to do follow-ups. Every time they send a code, they code the phone to be sure that they received it, recorded in the system. And then a few days before receiving the product, they call to be sure that the product will arrive. Otherwise, it's very painful for the manufacturing line. And these guys spend 30% of their time just doing follow-ups. But follow-ups can be massively automated. Every time you send a code, you ask the, 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 the supplier to click on a button to confirm he registered his code. You can automate an email 10 days before receiving the product. All the things are automated today. And it's the same for pretty much every position, like a recruiter. Recruiter spend 35% of their time uh, just do scheduling meeting. They have to schedule meeting with the interviewer, with the interviewee, and then reschedule. And, and, uh, and when you look at their mailbox, 35% of their time is just scheduling meeting. Scheduling meeting is something that nowadays is fully automated. You send the link, uh, the link knows everyone's calendar and then the schedule, and that's it. And if they want to reschedule, they don't need to call the recruiter. So we want the recruiter to focus on what they do good with just talking to people and not spending time scheduling meetings. And that's the way, uh, that's where I think is the future of uh, management software is to help these guys to be more efficient by avoiding everything we can avoid, all administrative tasks, repetitive tasks, uh, reports they do manually and things like that. Got it. <coughs> that's an interesting perspective, especially the way you tie it back to um, productivity tools, you know, 20 years ago and the evolution of Microsoft products and other productivity tools. I, that's interesting. That's really interesting take on the enterprise technology space because I had not thought of that as a, as a trend, but I think that, that makes yeah. a lot of thing. We, we have to focus about, about the employees, not about the business process and the company. And when we start trying to do tools for the employees, everything changed. And you can really decouple the productivity of, an, of a company if you give better tools to the employees. If you support your business process, it's just the minimum. You don't make your company more efficient. Right. So 
I guess it is a, as a way to sort of wrap this all up and, and um, tie yeah. everything together that we've talked about so far, just being the CEO of the company and you've been in the industry a long time as well, you supporting your product, but you also know your competitors and you, you see a lot of transformations in the space. What words of of wisdom would you give to an organization that's about to start either a software evaluation or a, an implementation of sorts? What, what are some two or three major words of advice you'd give them? One of the main issues we have is that companies are totally inefficient and most of the time they don't even know it. They are doing the same thing since 10 years and for them it's normal that the recruiters spend 30% of their time in scheduling meetings. And so we spend a lot of time educating the market. And most of the companies, they don't want to change because they think that it costs a lot of money. They really think that it's, they don't want to start very complex projects spanned over one or two years. And so the main advice I have is that no, everything changed. Everything is more mature, technology is affordable. We can deploy things very fast. Uh, it's cheap, 18 euro per user per month. So the main advice I have is just to, for them to test and check what exists. They can right. do a free trial. They can even start and test by, on their own. You know, that triggers a, another, just a, a follow-up side question is, you know, when, when customers buy Odoo, are they typically buying the entire suite of products or are they usually starting with CRM or e-commerce, just one piece I, of it? It's and a very, very good question because that's also what makes the difference between us and the rest of the markets. We don't consider ourselves an ERP. We are more a suite of business apps where we have different apps, but if you get all these apps, they fully integrate to each other, so you have an ERP. And we have 50% of the clients we have who did not start it with an ERP vision. They needed a CRM or they needed an accounting software or website on e-commerce, and you can use a dude just for one app, and it's very easy. It's not like traditional ERP. You wouldn't use a CP just for CRM. Um, and so we have 50% of our customers, they, 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 they start with just one application and 50% come with a more strategic ERP vision. And that's funny because for the large clients, like above 1,000 users, most of the time they were using Odoo before deciding to switch their ERP. So when they, they do a, their RFP for the ERP, most of the time we come to them and say, hey, by the, by the way, do you know that your HR department and your manufacturing department are using Odoo for that and that purpose? Right. So they've... It's almost like you're you're bridging the gap between the the trade-off or the decision that companies often have to make, which is do I go with a single ERP system or do I go with with the best of breed exactly. app? Yeah. You're sort of doing both. Yeah, I think it's a question of the past. You don't need anymore to choose between best of breed and ERP. Uh, no, you can because technologies are more mature, you can uh, have both of them. Okay, thank you, Fabian. Thanks for being on the show today. Really appreciate having you here. A uh, great discussion. I learned a lot of things I didn't know realized before today's conversation. So thank you for that. Um, in fact, uh, Kyler and I are going to unpack a few of those points and uh, have some follow-up discussion. When we return from a break, you're listening to Transformation Ground Control. If you are involved in any sort of digital transformation or business change initiative, you will want to download the 2021 Digital Transformation Report. With its comprehensive overview of business and technology trends and best practices, this report is a must-have guide for any transformation project 
or executive team. Download this free report by visiting Third Stage Consulting at thirdstage-consulting.com. You can also visit our website to learn more about us or download independent reports, videos, and other best practices. Again, visit thirdstage-consulting.com today to learn how to take your transformation to the third stage of success. Welcome back to Transformation Ground Control. I'm Eric Kimberly. I'm here with Kyla Cheatham. We just had Fabian from Odoo on the show and uh, interesting discussion. I, I enjoy talking to him. He, he looks a lot younger than I imagined him being, especially for being the CEO of a fairly significant ERP software vendor. Um, so it was interesting to see how far he's come in a, in a pretty short period. You know, our next discussion, which is focused on how to select the right software, whether it's Odoo, whether it's NetSuite or SAP, Oracle, or anyone else for that matter. Uh, or maybe it's a non-ERP product like an HCM system or, a, you know, like a Workday or a Salesforce or even, uh, you know, some other niche solution. So um, why don't we take a quick break and when we come back, we'll have Michelle Weiss on the show uh, from the third stage team who's going to talk about uh, how to select the right software and how to uh, some of the considerations you need to think about as you're going through your software evaluation process. So we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back with more Transformation Ground Control. If you are aiming for transformation success, turn to Third Stage Consulting Group. Third Stage's independent and technology agnostic consulting team helps clients define their digital strategies, define their roadmaps, and manage their transformations. With offices in the US, Europe, and Australia, our team helps the world's most forward-thinking organizations through their transformation pitfalls and risks. If you are embarking on a digital transformation or business change initiative, contact Third Stage Consulting to see how we can help you reach the third stage of transformation success. Learn more about us and download independent reports, videos and other best practices at thirdstageconsulting.com. Hello, welcome back to Transformation Ground Control, episode number 41. My name is Eric Kimberling here with Kyler. As always, you can find new episodes every Wednesday on YouTube, LinkedIn, as well as Facebook and all the audio podcast platforms, whether it's Spotify, Amazon, Google, Apple, whoever you're listening, wherever you're listening to podcasts, you can find us there. Be sure to subscribe, give us a rating, share it with colleagues, get the word out there. We're still a relatively new podcast, so we'd love to uh, get more of an audience uh, as, as we grow. So I'm excited to have our next guest on the show, first-time guest as well. Uh, she is from the Third Stage team. Her name is Michelle Weiss. She's a senior manager on the Third Stage team, and she is a uh, someone that's focused on uh, partially, or at least part of her job, is to help clients select, evaluate and select the right ERP and technologies for their organization, whether it's ERP, HCM, CRM, whatever the technology might be. And uh, she's part of our agnostic, uh, independent technology evaluation team. So we thought we'd, it'd be good to have her on the show to talk about some of the, um, so, you know, some of the nuances and considerations as you go through a software evaluation process. So this is actually a video clip that uh, you had recorded in the past, Kyler, um, for our sister podcast, which is Digital Stratosphere, which is another podcast you should listen to. It's got shorter clips, shorter segments. If you want more bite-sized 
content. You can find that on the Third Stage YouTube channel as well as all the audio podcast platforms. And again, that's called Digital Stratosphere. Uh, this one's called Transformation Ground Control. That one's Digital Stratosphere. So uh, why don't we cut to the clip and we'll uh, see what you and Michelle had to talk about. So Michelle, can you tell me a little bit about what it means to choose a new technology for your organization or maybe why companies might want to look at getting a new system? Companies using outdated technology or not utilizing technology properly may find that as they grow or become more complex, a strong technology platform will better enable them to succeed. Yeah, absolutely. That makes a ton of sense. I know a lot of the clients we work with here at Third Stage are kind of in that high growth type of phase within their business. So there's obviously a ton of technologies out there. Some can be really simple while others can be more on the complex side. What are some main considerations when selecting a new technology for your company? It is important that companies look into the future, at least three to five years, and also at their current processes. That way, when they select a system, they can find one that meets their current needs as well as those needs that they will have in the future. Absolutely, that future state is so important um, and, and that strategic alignment that I know you and your team help our clients go through here at Third Stage all the time. So is there a step-by-step -step process or, or methodology when it comes to software selection or figuring out how to choose the best option? Absolutely. I mean, that is our bread and butter, as you know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but I'll break it down into three major steps, and I'm going to call them document, evaluate, and select. Um, so what you want to do is document your current and future requirements and any major pain points that you have uh, mm -hmm. currently with the systems that you are using. Next, you would want to evaluate the technology solutions that are out there. Create a short list of those vendors. You don't want to be looking at more than possibly three at this point. And what you will do is you will list all of your requirements, send that to them, and then evaluate their answers. From there, some of them will be invited to do demonstrations. Each vendor is then evaluated on how they can meet your requirements and your business needs. And finally, you will select the software that best meets those needs, as I just said. However, no system is ever going to meet them all. That 80-20 rule that we all talk about a lot really applies to this step in the process. A system that can meet 80% of your needs is a good system. Excellent. I love how you broke that down into those three steps. That was a, a great way to kind of describe that entire process is I know it can kind of be complicated at times for a lot of our clients and a lot of our community here that listens to our podcast. So we talk a lot about ERP full systems or an ERP suite versus best of breed or bolt-on type of options. So how do you know if you need a full ERP system or a more of a best of breed CRM, HCM um, type of option? When evaluating on ERP, which is a very large system, what you want to do is select a handful of processes that are most important to your organization and evaluate those against your needs. You also want to document needs in other processes, such as maybe, let's say, human resources. And as you look at the system, see if there are some of those needs that can also be met. 
through the ERP. If it's close enough, I would say possibly try using the ERP for that process. If it is very different, that's when you would want to then break out into a best of breed for that particular process. So Michelle, what are the role of the requirements that you mentioned earlier in the episode within the software selection process? Sure, I mean, that is one of the most important things I believe in this whole process. Um, and they're there to help you determine which system best meets your needs. You want to document mostly the needs that make you different from all other companies out there or things that not all systems have. For example, let's talk about recruiting systems just because that's mm -hmm. where my experience is. Most of them will have at least one career portal. So you don't want that to be a requirement to have one career portal. Yeah. What makes you different could be that you need more than one portal. For example, one for professional staff, one for interns, one for internal staff. And you do not want to assume that all proposed solutions have that capability. So you would want to make that one of your requirements. Excellent, Michelle, thank you so much. That was great information. I know that competitive advantage that we talk about a lot too in that requirements building is so important. So we appreciate you taking us through that. All right, good stuff. Thanks for that discussion, Michelle and Kyler. We have more questions that you guys are gonna to get to, but let's take a quick break and we'll be right back with more Transformation Ground Control. If you are aiming for transformation success, turn to Third Stage Consulting Group. Third Stage's independent and technology agnostic consulting team helps clients define their digital strategies, define their roadmaps and manage their transformations. With offices in the US, Europe and Australia, our team helps the world's most forward-thinking organizations through their transformation pitfalls and risks. If you are embarking on a digital transformation or business change initiative, contact Third Stage Consulting to see how we can help you reach the third stage of transformation success. Learn more about us and download independent reports, videos, and other best practices at thirdstage-consulting.com. Welcome back to Transformation Ground Control. And we are in the middle of a conversation between Tyler and Michelle talking about software evaluation. Let's just jump right back into it. We kind of talked about the selection process in finding the best of digital technologies for your organization, um, but I'd really like to, to dig into what companies need to consider prior to that technology. Um, so can you take us through some aspects that our listeners should be thinking about if they are considering a new technology? Sure. I think the first thing is a clear understanding of where you are going in the future and how this technology will help you going forward. Um, this is a strategic alignment that needs to happen at the executive level. The next thing would be to identify if you have the resources, the time, and the money to do the project. Let me give you an example. If implementing an ERP, the implementation process can take up to 10 months and it will require your key and most experienced employees to be a part of it. They will need to dedicate between 50 to 75% of their time to the project. And you will most likely need to backfill those positions until the project is over. 
So the organization really must be ready to make those commitments to the project for it to be successful. That makes a lot of sense. Definitely that commitment is a huge piece of that. So I'm, I want to switch gears and talk a little bit about um, vendors when we're talking about mm -hmm. the, the software selection process, because obviously they play a huge role and have a big influence over the project. So what should their role look like in the decision making process for selecting a new technology? Sure, I would say that um, first and foremost, you want to look for vendors that are really interested in understanding your business requirements and will help you understand how their software will help you with that. But you also want to manage the software vendors a little bit. If you don't, they may end up showing you what they want to show you and not what you need to see. This is why we create scripts for the vendors that specifically guide them through a demonstration of the areas that are important to you. Uh, we aim to have the vendors not only show you that they do something, but also how they do something. That's great. I know that's you know a main role of our third stage stakeholders in that conversation or going through that process with our clients. So um, a lot of the team here talks a lot about analysis paralysis when it comes to software selection. Can you kind of take us through what that means exactly and how you might avoid it? Um, I think analysis paralysis comes when the people on the selection team are not confident in their knowledge of these systems or various systems that they see all seem to do everything in your requirements list. So then it's hard to choose. I'll give you an example of one of my current clients. They decided to invite the top ERP systems to do a demo. They did not have requirements. They just let the vendors do the demo that they wanted. Once all those demos were over, they couldn't make a decision. Why? Because they didn't have anything to compare, you know, apples to apples, oranges to apples. They just didn't have anything quantitative to look at to see who won, right? <laughs> um, so they hired us to help them through a full-on selection process. We've taken them through creating requirements, um, sending out RFPs, getting demos, and they're almost ready to make a decision. Now, the other thing is that by hiring someone like us who has experience with the software, we're able to learn about the companies and also help them make this decision. Even through our process, you may find that two systems are good enough, right? They both meet that 80%, maybe in a little bit of a different way. At that point, I would say you might want to start looking at the vendor's culture, uh, possibly the vendor support structure or their implementation methodology. And sometimes those things is what will differentiate one over the other. Yeah, that's so important to that cultural fit. And, and speaking of culture, more from an internal lens, what are the role of maybe the executive leadership team in a software selection? Well, every software selection project must have an executive sponsor. It needs an executive that strongly supports the project and helps the team communicate the importance of the project to the whole company. Without this buy-in from this executive sponsor, it will be very hard to get buy-in from the rest of the organization. When they see support coming from the top, employees are more likely to embrace the changes a new system will bring. And the last thing that an executive can do is support the allocation of human resources to the project. 
Excellent. I think that's so important to make sure that you do have not only the executive alignment right, but also the sponsor and, and the true leader of the project. So in diving a little bit deeper into culture, what is the role of change management when it comes to this side of technology transformations? Sure, I think change management is all about communicating to the organization. You want to communicate your plans to mitigate the concerns your employees will have when making such a change. You will want to make sure your employees are aware of the project, who will be involved, and how this might affect them and the organization. I'll give you an example for one of the companies that I'm working with right now. Mm -hmm. um, they're looking at an upgrade to their current system or a completely new ARP. So they have made sure to communicate to their IT team that were they to select a different ERP, those individuals will get training on the new software and that no positions will be eliminated. So that's going to prevent them from losing some of these team members if they hadn't been communicated to because maybe they're out looking for a new job thinking they're gonna lose their job. So all of this type of communication, uh, training for your employees to help them use the software uh, is really imperative and that's what change management is. Yeah, it sounds like that transparency from the top level down is really crucial to making sure your project is successful. Right. So thank you so much, Michelle. This was such a great conversation. We were so happy to have you today. Thank you for sharing all those great insights. If you had some um, recommendations for some additional resources for our listeners that might be interested in learning more about changing a digital transformation or uh, digital technology, what would you recommend? Sure. Well, we have the 2021 Digital Transformation Report out there. Uh, you can also visit our blog or uh, watch our YouTube channel. Excellent. Well, thank you, Michelle. Another fun fact that I wanted to share with our community that is pretty unique about you is, is you help us a lot with our, our business in Latin America. You're actually from Costa Rica yourself, so I thought it might be fun if you said hi to some of our Spanish-speaking community. Hola a todos en Latinoamérica. Muchas gracias por escuchar este podcast. Uh, si tienen alguna pregunta, por favor, contáctenme y me encantaría ayudarles. All right, thank you, Kyler and Michelle. Great discussion and uh, some follow-up questions and discussion points we'll get to here when we come back with more Transformation Ground Control. I'm all right today. You don't find if you are involved in any sort of digital transformation or business change initiative, you will want to download the 2021 Digital Transformation Report. With its comprehensive overview of business and technology trends and best practices, this report is a must-have guide for any transformation project or executive team. Download this free report by visiting Third Stage Consulting at thirdstage-consulting.com. You can also visit our website to learn more about us or download independent reports, videos, and other best practices. Again, visit thirdstage-consulting.com today to learn how to take your transformation to the third stage of success. Hello and welcome back to Transformation Ground Control. My name is Eric Kimberling here with Kyler Cheatham. You can find new episodes every Wednesday on YouTube, uh, LinkedIn, 
and Facebook. You can also find us on the typical audio podcast platforms. Be sure to check us out there and subscribe. All right. Well, thank, thank you uh, for making it work. And thank you everyone for listening and for bearing with us through the uh, background noise. And uh, again, every Wednesday, you can find new episodes. Uh, be sure to share this podcast with others you think might be interested. And be sure to drop us a review too on whatever platform you're listening or watching. We'd love to hear your feedback and comments, suggestions on how to make it better, what you liked, what you didn't like, guest suggestions, all that good stuff we'd love to hear. So thank you for joining. We will see you next Wednesday on Transformation Ground Control. Have a great week and we will see you all soon.